0: come this morning, show you some pictures, and we'll try to explain some of them as we go along. Um, As I told the first service, some of them cannot be explained, so um, (laughs) we'll try our best. Um, First of all, we want to thank the church for supporting us financially um, through fundraisers and especially prayer. Having a wonderful church back home makes it easier to go knowing they're at home praying for you and supporting you. Um, Next, I'd like to thank the team for doing such a wonderful job this week, working together, Um, hot weather, rain, good times. We laughed together. We cried together. We ate lots of peanut butter and jelly together. So we had Mexican for breakfast and Mexican for supper, and the only break from Mexican was peanut butter and jelly, and we had that every day at lunch. (laughs) Um, So probably no one will want that for a while. That's why you saw the picture there. Nobody complained. They worked together well. The youth, you know, worked hard. They just immediately formed bonds of friendship with the youth there. Um, it's just amazing to see language doesn't matter. Most of the time, you can just uh, love each other in ways without speaking. Uh, on some of the pictures, you'll see a guy standing up talking. That is Bill Craver. He is the one we, the missionary/slash pastor we served with this week. He runs DCI, which is Dream Center International. He has one in Tizimín, Mexico, and one in Belize. These um, places where people can come and help him try to reach the city, try to reach the Mayan people. He um, he did classes with us every day, missionary classes, and I have never had those on a mission trip, and that helped me so much because um is one of the outreach leaders and missions leaders um i need that renewal and i need that focus that he gave us we recorded him teaching and i we're going to definitely show that at um, an outreach mission team meeting because it's just powerful and we didn't have time to get all that ready this morning since we last night we got in kind of late but um in there he explains um what he uses to reach the people prayer evangelism friendship evangelism and service evangelism and he just has god has laid on his heart such a vision to reach the people there to reach every person no matter what and um i think he passed that on to us um and i'm thankful for that um I want to go ahead and mention real quick Project Lost coming up. If you can't go to Mexico or just want to serve here in our community, that is coming up. Please come to the meeting tonight, or at least let us know when we start signing up that you want to be a part of that. That is spreading the gospel right here in our community. So try to be a part of that. I'm going to read my short story. I don't know how short, but... um, So if you'll look at this picture right here, It looks like part of the paint's gone and part of it's there. Like it was, um, that's the way we found it. Well, it wasn't. None of the paint was there when we found it. um, We painted a church courtyard that you saw in the pictures uh, starting Monday morning. Unfortunately, the paint that Bill purchased was interior paint. So we were over halfway finished on Monday. This is a huge courtyard, columns, sidewalls. You know, we're up on ladders rolling and it was hot. The pictures here don't give justice to the temperature and the humidity. We were, um, you, would, you would come in the shade and then you would immediately go out into the sun to start painting again. And your sun just felt like it was burning. You just knew you were going to be blistered. You didn't stay out long. We took breaks. But so it was really hot. So it started to sprinkle about 1 o'clock. And we were so happy. We were just all like, just relief. We were standing there letting it just drizzle on us. Happy, glad. So the drizzle turned into a harder rain and the rain turned into a downpour and everything we had painted washed away. The rivers of pink and white you see on there are our paint going down the drain. So the next morning we came back. We had better paint. We had exterior paint. So we're painting again. We get paint pink and white paint on the wall this time. And it rains again. Well, the exterior paint that was dry stayed, but we were just painting and it hadn't dried, so it ran off. So there you have rivers of pink and white. <laughs> it was pretty. <laughs> Discouraging, but pretty. So um, the picture of the wall there, that bottom wall, it, the, the paint just started just drooping down, just sliding down the wall. And, uh, you know, we were saying, someone in that group said, well, it's like our sins just being washed away by God. So we're trying to turn it positive. We painted so good, he wanted us to do it again, something like that. So so some of it came off, so we came back again the next day and painted a third time, a third day. Most of it stayed. It did rain that day, but it was a brief shower, so we got to finish. Um, But we had uh, an experience painting and painting and painting the same place over and over. So uh, While we were there, though, the, the pastor, Pastor Lewis, he would come out, and, you know, he saw what was going on, and we, we were discouraged a little bit, but we tried to make it positive, not complaining. So um, Pastor Lewis was so grateful that we finally got it painted. That uh, that was on Wednesday. Well, Wednesday night, his church had service, and the people of his church came in and saw the paint and, you know, just was so grateful that a group from North Carolina would come and paint their church. Um, you know, we supplied the paint. Well, Bill supplied the paint and we painted. And um, it touched their hearts so much that the next day, this Pastor Lewis, who had been at odds with Bill, the man we were, the missionary we were uh, working with, he came, Pastor Lewis came by and you could tell. he I mean, he had tear-filled eyes and he was just thanking Bill so much. He was thanking our group so much. And it touched that church so much that he wants to now form a partnership with Bill um, to reach the t- the people of this city and the outlying areas. And um, this is something Bill hadn't been able to accomplish so far. Um, and this Pastor Lewis is over 35 village churches. And Bill said, you know, when he decides this is a good thing, all of those 35 churches decide it's a good thing. So he's kind of over all those. So that was a great um, bond formed there. By, uh, by, I was just painting and not getting discouraged and just, you know, our attitudes. Um, and we were just so grateful that we could be a part of that. That Bill was just, he couldn't explain to us um, how much this will probably sow seeds in the future. And I just, I want to thank everybody for letting us all go. this is my Spanish interpreter (laughs) hola
1: Uh, I did learn a few Spanish words but not many and uh, one of them I I had to ask the kids over and over is como como se llama and that means what is your name and when I would ask these little children that they would respond with a name and I still did not understand them but uh, gracias we used that a whole lot in adios um, but it, it was really good but I did feel so blessed to go and serve this week, and the people that went, the young people, it was just amazing, and we did form a lot of bond, you know, bondness, and we have I formed a lot of friendships by going on this trip, um, and I had I said earlier uh, about 30 years ago I guess Rosie Harris Kirby came to speak here at church, and she had been on a mission. And, um, and I felt led then to go somewhere like Mexico. Uh, last year when Andrew went to Haiti, I decided not to go, and I kind of always regretted it. And then this year when, you know, Lee mentioned going to Mexico, I did feel led to go. Um, and God showed me this week through all of our Bible studies and what we did that, you know, it doesn't matter what color skin we have or what language we speak. You know, we all are God's children. Um, and Friday night... You know, some of the youth will talk about it. We had a a Spanish band there from the high school. And, you know, they were singing How Great Is Our God, a Chris Tomlin song. And you just can't believe how much it touched, you know, all of our hearts um, for that. And one of our Bible studies this week, it was a quote from Mother Teresa. And I thought it summed it up about, you know, when we don't know the language, you know, all we can show sometimes is our love and kindness. And it goes... Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, and kindness in your smile. And that's what we did. We did show God's love this week. Thank you.
2: So Wednesday night we went to a church service and um, I wrote church in quotation marks on my paper because church can be such a vague word. Usually when y'all think about a church, you probably think about something like this or it could be somewhere that seats thousands of people or it could be just a cement floor with a few chairs and a tarp over your head, like the one we were blessed to be in this Wednesday night. And When I say we were blessed, I'm not being sarcastic whatsoever because it was one moment where I could really feel the presence of the Lord. These um, people are so passionate about worshiping Christ. You can see they're so happy to be right where they are, honoring the Lord. On that night, it was hot, humid, raining. Half the people didn't even have a seat. But it didn't matter. As the pastor prayed, everyone else did too. They were just crying out to the Lord with their arms in the air. When they sung, everyone clapped. And even though we didn't understand a word they were saying, that didn't matter either. Their body language showed it all. Jesus was in the room. During the service, We sang Jesus Loves Me in English while they sang it in Spanish. That was another highlight of the night. It didn't matter what language we spoke. We were just one body of believers serving our one Savior. I challenge you all to stop and think. Think about everything you own. Think about this beautiful sanctuary you have over your heads right now. How grateful are we? Now think about how many times you've complained about getting out of a service late. about how it's too hot or it's too cold in the sanctuary while you're listening to the service. Or when have you ever thought to yourself, well, so-and-so's in my seat and they know I sit there every Sunday. (laughs) Then think about these amazing Mayan people and the conditions they live in. Remember the passion they have for Christ. Where's our passion?
3: Um For four of the days we went and we did uh friendship evangelism with the village kids in, uh Tisamine. and These kids were such a blessing. they were some of the happiest people in the world, but they really didn't have anything. They lived in huts with dirt floors, no a c and they wore clothes about three, four times a week, i mean, i mean same clothes <laughs> and um we just grew to love these children, and they grew to love us too. The last day we went, we could we were riding down the road to go where to our meeting place, and you could just hear them screaming and running behind the van, and it was just a blessing because they they, they showed so much love to us. And we had so much fun with them, and it didn't matter if we couldn't understand them. We still had so much fun, and it was great. And it made me think, because they're so happy, and we have all this stuff. We have everything that they could ever imagine, and we're never satisfied. We always complain, and we all want more, and we want the latest stuff. And you give them, like, a stuffed animal, and it's like a holiday. It's, it's really blessing and humbling. <laughs>
4: Uh, For the first two days of the week on Monday and Tuesday, uh, uh, the guys got together and got to help uh, pour a concrete uh, slab out there is what we had the service on that Friday night. And uh, there's three guys helping us and two of them you saw Chris taking a picture with them. And uh, that was a challenge in itself because they don't have the uh, luxuries of a concrete mixer or a truck that can just come by and dump it out for you. They have to take it by piles, the sand, the gravel, the mortar. They have to mix it all by hand and to add the water themselves and it's just it's it's a tough job and then uh but then we got to use that concrete slab that we made on friday night for the last service uh where they had the band and everything get together and uh it's just a true blessing to see or to hear um even though you couldn't understand what they were saying or the songs they were singing because it was all in spanish they uh they started singing how great is our god and then uh with them while they were singing in spanish we started singing it in english and it was just Amazing hearing that all come together.
5: This past week in Mexico has been such a great experience. We did a lot of things like painting, playing with the little Mayan children, and even door-to-door evangelism. But my favorite part of the week was Wednesday night when we went to the church service under the little tarp. During that church service, you could tell how much the people of Tisamine loved God. I couldn't understand a word they said, but when they sang, you could see their passion for God. Those people were the perfect example of how a Christian should feel about their relationship with God. They weren't worried about the rain, but they continued to praise the Lord, even though all they had was a tarp to stand under for a church service. They were a good example because while we're here in Roxborough worrying about our new fellowship hall or how big the parking lot is, they're under their tent doing what's most important, which is praising God. This week has made me appreciate what God has given me, and I can't wait for the next mission trip.
6: Well, you've heard a lot of the other people talk about friendship evangelism, which is one of the types of evangelism that uh, Bill taught us about while we were down there. And uh, the other two are prayer evangelism and service evangelism. But friendship evangelism is going out and making friends with the people there and so hopefully someday somebody can share the gospel with them. So me and Daddy and Cameron and, and Ori went out to play basketball with some of the guys in the community uh, three nights this past week. And it was it was really fun playing with people from another culture because they have a completely different style of playing the game. And you can't understand a word they're saying, so you don't know if they're telling you you're doing a good job or making fun of you. <laughs> but it was it was really fun and um it was hot and humid it's probably the hottest and the most humid weather i've ever played basketball in i told several of these people that it was so humid that if you left your water bottle open that it would fill up and fish were swimming around in the air (laughs) (laughs) so it was it was a really cool experience and i i enjoyed playing basketball down there and um We're undefeated in Mexico.
7: (laughs) Well, this trip was quite an experience. Like they said, it was hot. It was humid. And the picture with the flies, um, that was actually just a few flies for there. (laughs) They were everywhere. Um, And I, I saw God work in a lot of amazing ways this week. There were so many... Miracles. Um, one of our team members lost their passport, and God gave it back to us that night. Um, our attitudes changed. The first morning we were painting, you know, it was—I know my attitude really wasn't where it was supposed to be. I was disappointed and I was annoyed that the paint wasn't right and it was hot and it just wasn't working. And the next day, um, our attitudes just completely mine at least flipped around i was happy to be there i was um enjoying the work and um, god sent people there um chris is going to tell you about a lady we met who's running for a political office in this area who saw us there and then now bill has a relationship with her that together they can help the community um we met uh, Maria was our translator um, in the mornings when Moses had to go to work. And she had a younger brother named Alonzo, and he spoke very good English. And I'm sure most of you guys know that my family didn't get to stay for the rest of the trip because my grandfather is in the hospital at Duke. He had a stroke. And Thursday morning, Alonzo got up before 6 o'clock in the morning with us, took us to the bus station, and rode with us three hours to Cancun, put us on a shuttle to get to the airport. Without him, uh, we probably would have been in serious trouble. We realized when we got to uh, Cancun that we really needed an interpreter. And I'm so grateful um, to you guys for letting us go, but also um, for when we got back, I've run into you in the store, running errands, and this is the most loved I think I've ever felt. The reaction of the group behind me and in front of me when we heard about this, it was the most caring um, thing I think I've ever seen. Please pray for my grandfather. Thank you.
8: Um. I just want to thank everyone for giving me the opportunity to go on this trip because even though I'm not a part of this church, um, I felt like this group is my family. Um, It's been a hard, tough time, and this trip has really opened my eyes to everything that we don't have. And like everyone else said, I mean, it didn't matter to these people what they had because just they the love of God, like, radiated. It didn't matter what language they speak. It didn't matter if we couldn't understand them because they showed it through their actions. And I'm so grateful for what I have, but these people, they didn't care what they had or what they didn't have. They were content with worshiping God in any way. And it it was a blessing to be able to go And I cannot wait to see what God is going to do for those people and what God's going to do for me and my life and everyone here. And I would love to go back or go somewhere else because it really opens your eyes to to the fact that no matter where you are or what you have or what you don't have, God's always there.
9: First of all, I'm going to tell Donnie you did a good job teaching um, Christy Spanglish. She's going to start um, Spanish classes August 1st if anybody's ready, And any, any Spanish lessons. She thought the louder you said it and the slower you said it, the more they understood it. She said, well, that's how Donnie does it. So, Donnie, we thank you for helping us with our Spanish. It was a challenge. but. Um, we did run into some English-speaking people, and um, that was a true blessing. And, and, you know, hindsight, you see a lot of things that in the moment you didn't realize was going on. And I just want to thank the Lord for going before us and all these issues like the passport that could have been a serious thing, and Rhonda may still be in Mexico if the Lord <laughs> hadn't worked that out. And she did not like that thought, so, you know, thank the Lord that he worked that out. That out. Um, I think Mackenzie fell in a hole. I didn't see it, and I'm glad he fell in a hole. I fell down, and I um, and he just worked it all out, and so many other things. Um, the drive there was terrifying, to say the least, for me personally. Um, Chris was driving. I won't say any more. <laughs> we didn't know that us. Some of the Americans were going to have to drive when we got there. We had no idea. And when we get to the airport, they're like, here's the keys. I'm like, oh, no. um, It was fun. No, it was not. (laughs) I sat in the back with my eyes closed praying, Jesus, get us there. But um, we got to the airport at like 4.30. You know, we got all stuff together. We didn't get to Tisamine until 9.30 that night. We took the scenic route. And it was scenic, but there were speed bumps. You would get up to speed and go for a little while, and then, boom, you had to go over speed bumps, slow down. And there would be a little village there, and you could see the, the houses along the village and them in their hammocks. They don't have couches and beds like we do. They sleep in hammocks. And, you know, we were exhausted by them, and we were, we were going down this road. Um, you think we have the boonies here? The boonies are in Mexico. I mean, we were out there. And we were getting ready to turn to go to the main road that takes you to Tisamine. And my dad went with us on this trip. And he, said, he was saying, look at that dove, look at that dove, look at that dove. And we're like, what are you talking about? You've lost your mind. And we looked up, and there were like stormy, dark gray clouds. And in the middle of those clouds, there was this pink cloud that the sun was shining on, as pink as Norma Jean's shirt right there. Of a dove like descending down and I've got cold chills now and as soon as we turned that I wanted to get a picture of it and it was like the Lord was saying I prepared the way you're here to do what I wanted you to do and it was just amazing and we turned I tried to get a picture of it but the trees were all there and by the time we got an open spot it was gone but um, a few of us saw it and um, it, it was just amazing but and these Young people are naive about traveling and how dangerous it is. I'm not. I'm old, and I'm cautious. <laughs> and, you know, they probably wasn't scared a bit, but you wouldn't believe it. You'd just be flying down this road. seemed like it was as wide as the aisle right there, and cars are passing you here and passing you there, and big trucks are coming. And it was not fun, but we made it there and back. Coming back to the airport, we took the less scenic route, which I was very thankful for, and got back quicker, but... um. Just thank the Lord for just paving the way for us to go, and thank y'all for um, praying for us and the you know the financial um, finances that were raised and um, and your prayers and the pictures pictures speak, but they can't tell you everything that we saw and the just amazing people, the children, and the way they live and um, and and it's like here you have different neighborhoods and you have your upper class and, and the, you know, the poorer people. It's, it's like that, but to see um, the conditions they live in, and they're happy, not to put them down in, in any way, that's just the way that they live. And I mean, a lot of times it was just a, a what we would call a, a shack, not an open shack that maybe had three walls and the goats and the chickens and the hammocks. and were just there and um, some of the pictures you see um, of the children out that was their little school building which was a concrete slab with a cover and a little room that they kept locked but it was amazing and just thank the Lord that my whole family got to go and brought us all safe because you know we were nervous had stomach issues and you know food issues and my daddy was like I just can't do this anymore so we found him a hamburger place (laughs) to get him through the week. And a lot of us were the same way and like Christy said we um were able to talk and share and the, the young people really bonded and and I thank the Lord for getting Kim and them back because that was very stressful on them you know it's hard enough to be here when something happens and we have to go to Durham like Lee and Megan but to be out of the country and you got to get back you know and not knowing What the situation was. And and again, the Lord paved the way for that, for them to get back okay. And we're thankful for that.
10: Well, I guess I'm the last one besides Chris. (laughs) Um, Leading up to me going on this mission trip, I had doubts. Uh, A lot has happened in my life over the last year and a half. Michelle and I worked together. Not only do we work together, she's my best friend. And there have been days when I didn't think that I could make it. I didn't think that I could get through another day. And I had Michelle. She was always there for me. She was telling about this mission trip, and she thought that if I went on it, that I would really get a lot out of it. Well, of course, me, you know, for weeks I asked her, you know, how can I help? I don't have any talent. I don't know what I can do. How can I help these people? I've never been on a mission trip. And she would tell me, Rose, you don't have to have talent. Just go. You know, it will come to you. These people need you. They need us. And so um, I decided to go, and I talked with Michael, and he really wanted to go. He was excited about it, so you know, I, I got all excited about it, along with being nervous. In the week leading up to um, us going on this trip, Michael had a seizure at the pool. So there it was, you know, I felt like, okay, you know, something's trying to keep me here. I shouldn't go on this trip because Michael has never been sick, and he just fell, just fell out. And we took him to the emergency room, and uh, they did a CT scan, and it came back abnormal. So, of course, that scared me to death. You know, they told me he had to uh, get a near, what is it, a near surgeon And on the pediatric. And so I did. We went to uh, Raleigh, and the doctor there told me Michael couldn't go on the trip. The ER doctor told me he couldn't go. His family doctor told me he couldn't go. And, you know, it was too dangerous for him to go until we found out what his problem was because on the CAT scan it was showing that he had a couple of lesions on the lining of his brain. Well, before I got that, I had been to the doctor. And, um, you know, I got some disappointing news about my health. So, you know, everything was trying to, I just felt like the devil was trying to keep me here, you know. Uh, everything was going against me. I was scared to death to leave Michael. And my family assured me that they would take care of him. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> and I knew. I knew he was in good hands, but I also knew when something happened, they wouldn't call me. Uh, (laughs) I knew she would call callers first, and he'd say, no, no. But um, the trip was a true blessing to me because the Wednesday night everyone was talking about, um, we went to this little church. It's not a church that you would think we pulled up. It had been pouring down rain I mean, just pouring that rain all day, and we pulled up, and I was sitting there in the suburban, and I looked at Michelle, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we're getting out." (laughs) She said, "Yeah, Ruth, this is exactly like the trip that y'all took, that she had took before, and the church was just out in the open with the chickens running around and all of that. Well, that's how it was." with just that gray tarp, and it was pouring rain. But the people came out. They got us chairs. They kept using a stick to get the rain, you know, from the corners. And they started with um, them singing. And it was beautiful. I mean, we could not understand a word that they were saying but God was there and you could tell it. And I mean the voices were just beautiful. They were all together. The weather did not matter. And after they got finished, um, Pastor Lewis told Michelle, Okay, it's your turn. She's like, Whoa, you know, we, we won't prepare to do anything. So Michelle she she got up and she gave her testimony and of course every time she does I get very emotional. so uh, I love her to death so uh, God touched my heart and I told Michelle that I wanted to and she looked at me she said "Rose, you sure you you sure you want to do this and I knew at that time that I did want to do it and uh, you know I'm not going to go into everything but I'm sure everyone here knows that my husband passed away, not this Easter, but last Easter. It was a year Easter that he passed away. And when he did, I hit rock bottom. I felt like I had lost my best friend and my soulmate. He and I, we had planned our life ahead of us you know I was 50 and he had just turned 47 and you know the first part of our lives we made a lot of mistakes and we both had learned from those and we were so happy that we found each other and we finally had the family that we wanted he had two girls and I had Michael and Carlos and Stacy was pregnant with twins and Todd was so happy, he couldn't wait until the twins got there. And when God took him, I felt like he took me. I wanted to die. I could not see myself living without him because I hit rock bottom. He took my world. That's how I felt. Even though I, Michael, and Carlos and my family, It wasn't the same. And I had the twins, which I loved dearly, but it didn't replace what I had with him. So I was angry. I was angry at God. I would go to Todd's grave, and I would just sit and and just yell, you know, at God, at Todd, because I was angry at him leaving me. And I didn't understand so every night I went to bed I would pray God I would pray until I went to sleep that God would not let me wake up because I felt that Michael would be better off Look those in Stacy I couldn't take care of him I couldn't take care of myself it took everything I had to get through the day but I would wake up and I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen today? How am I gonna get through this day? But somehow or another, with the help of Michelle and my friends and my family, I made it through another day. And I was like, Why God, you know, why am I here? When I went on the mission trip, it made me realize why I was here. I can be a yeast to other people. There's so many people, the those Mayan people and the little children, they will touch a heart. It, it was just heartbreaking to see how they lived, but they were happy, they were content. We have everything, everything. We shouldn't complain about anything. And that night, God touched my heart and I gave my testimony And, you know, it changed the way that I feel and how I see things. I want to live. I want to serve God. I want to be here for my family. You know, 10 months after I lost my husband, I lost my brother. And my family just fell apart. You know. I know what Jack is going through. I know what the girls are going through. And my mom and dad, I don't know how to help them because my mom don't want to hear it. And I understand how she feels. And all we can do is just pray. Just pray that God will lead her back. But I am so thankful for my family and Michaela and this family that I I have grown to know I love them. They're awesome, Christy and Keel. So I thank God for me going on this mission trip because he opened my eyes that night standing on a piece of concrete, rain just pouring down. And those people were so loving. They sang for us, and we sang for them, and we sang together, and didn't nobody know what anybody was saying. (laughs) But but it was awesome. It really was. You could feel God in the house. And I thank you. Please continue to pray for my family. I love you, Jackie. (laughs) I'm here. I love you grace and Mary
11: (laughs) Uh, I want to read this verse and we'll close Psalms 19 verse 1 through 3 the heavens declare the glory of God the skies proclaim the work of his hands day after day they pour forth speech Night after night they display knowledge. And this is a key verse. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Uh, You've heard a lot of people talk about the Wednesday night service. And uh, I could tell a lot of things. But the thing that uh, Pastor Bill said, um, he got us to come up and stand and face him. And he wanted to pray a, a, a blessing over us. And he got the Spanish people to come behind us, and uh, and then he done an invitation, and he said, "God is knocking at your heart." And he and then the Spanish guy would do it. And he said, "God is knocking at your heart," and he just created an atmosphere that God was able to move in the in the people's heart there. And I think uh, through the testimonies of these people up here that that. We've created that atmosphere, and you know that we went for the right reason, and we accomplished some tremendous things. But uh, it's uh, I'm going to just leave it to Herbert to have an invitation.